John chapter 14 in your Bibles. This morning we went through the book of John and briefly mentioned several different chapters and we focused in on John 17. Well tonight with the Lord's help I want to focus in on chapter 14 if we could. And we're just going to study a portion of this that you know very well. Beautiful portion. Of course this morning we mentioned uh, the different break sections that the book of John has. And we said that in John 14 to 16 we see that the coming of our Lord. We see about God is now in the flesh, he's telling his disciples that I will come again. He gives them that comforter, the Holy Spirit, that promise that he will be here. Well, we're going to focus in on John chapter 14. We'll be in verse number one. The Bible says this, John chapter 14, verse number one. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now, I like to imagine that the Lord Jesus Christ, as he's speaking, his audience at this moment are the disciples. So there's still 12 at this moment. Judas has not went his way. And so these men are maybe sitting in that half circle and the Lord is standing up and he's giving them this sermon, which is not really necessarily a sermon, but he is speaking to them. He's giving them some comforting words. He's telling them, gentlemen, my ministry is up. My time is up. I'll be going with my father. But let me tell you, you don't need to be so worried. And what Beautiful words for us because so many times as Christians, we stress over everything, don't we? We worry about the past that we can never change if we wanted to. We worry about the future that we can never change either. May we live in the present as, as God's children, right? But this is what the Lord says. He says, gentlemen, you do not need to be troubled. Now, he gives them the reason why. The Lord says in verse number two, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, look at this part here, I go to prepare a place for you. Verse number three, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. Now it continues on down here with Thomas. He's speaking his words of doubts like, well, Lord, how are we going to know? And the Lord shows him. And then he says, hey, there's no other way. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man come to the Father but by me. So the Lord begins to speak here. Beautiful passage. We can see so many wonderful things here. But I want you to focus your attention for a few moments this evening on verse number three, and this is what it says one more time, if I go and prepare a place for you, look at these next four words, would you? If I go prepare a place for you, next four words, would you help me out here? What does it say? I will come again. And what a beautiful thing. Tonight, with the Lord's help, we're going to focus just for a few moments on this portion right here of the Word of God. We're going to jump to several different passages of Scripture, but we're going to focus on this thought here the returning, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I remember when I first got saved, I remember I got saved when I was in high school and boy, I just, I started reading the Bible and I read book of Proverbs every day and I started consuming the word of God and I was growing and God was teaching me and boy, I just had a love for God and everything that my pastor was preaching, I just grabbed the hold of it. God was speaking to my heart in so many ways. And I remember we were in a conference time and someone began to speak about the coming of our Lord. 
I remember when they did, I didn't have a lot. I was still living in my parents' place, but I remember them saying, the Lord's coming back. Let's just give it all up and let's follow the Lord. And I remember in my, in my heart, and in my mind, I went forward that night and I said, Lord, I'll sell everything I have. That was pretty easy to say because I didn't really own anything at the time. But I said, Lord, I'll sell whatever I have, God. I want to serve you. And I wanted to live so much in the presence of the mindset that my Jesus is coming back. And I believe many times you and I know it as a past thought. We've heard it in our, maybe in our messages. We've read it throughout the Word of God. But really does it sink in our hearts that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back for us? I believe if we grab a hold of that thought, not only will it help us, but it'll totally transform the way that we live our lives. I want you to take your Bible very quickly, and I want you to go to a couple passages. We're going to start right there in verse number 3, so hold on for a second. And from here, we're going to go to the Romans. But let me mention several different passages of Scripture. This is what the Bible said. I will come again. Now, if you have your Bible with you tonight, would you raise your Bible up very, right there? Can I see it? Everybody's got your Bible. Listen to this. When we talk about the coming of our Lord, first of all, we, we must understand the truth of His coming. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, He says, listen, everybody's got their own thoughts. We all think about different things. We got awful busy in our lives. And men began, even when we go to 1 Peter chapter 3, remember that? When the Lord says, I'm not, you know, slack concerning my promises as some men are. And the Lord gives His promises. But listen to this. Men say a whole lot of things. But here's what the Lord said. It doesn't matter what they say. The truth is, I am coming again. You see, dear, dear friends, many times you and I, we get busy with all the different things. Let me read a couple passages of Scripture. When we run through the Word of God, the book of Acts in chapter 1, verse number 11. You remember in verse number 8 that the Lord, He looked to His disciples. He said, y'all are going to be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. And then all of a sudden, verse number 11, He ascends up to heaven. Now the Bible says when he ascends up to heaven that there are men, there are two men in white apparel, apparently these angels that are standing there. And this is what the Bible says. The men, as they're saying that, now there's 11. Judas has went his own way. Now as they're standing there, the Bible says they stand there, Jesus ascends up to heaven, and they stand there, and the Bible says they just look up, and the angels say unto them, why stand ye here a-gazing? I don't know exactly what a gazing means, but I can imagine that is with your mouth open, you're saying, huh? You know, looking up like, what in the world just happened? I mean, he was here, he's gone. What in the world? You know, they're looking at each other. And the Bible says, why are you standing here gazing? He has already told you as he leaves, so he will return, right? And we have the truth of his coming. He has promised us. He will come again through the prophets, through his own mouth. He has told us. Let me read some of these verses. In first. Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13 and, and on, the Bible tells us that he's coming again, that you and I that are, are here and still remain, that we'll be caught up together with the Lord to ever, forever to be with our Lord. And then he says in verse number 18, comfort one another with these words. What words of comfort? The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse number 8, be also patient, establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord, it draweth nigh. The Bible says in 2, Timothy chapter, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 2, the day of Christ is at hand. The Bible says many other passages that we can go through, but listen to this, dear friend. When we speak of the coming of our Lord, first of all, we must understand the very basis of what we're speaking about, the truth of His coming. Now go with me very quickly to the book of Romans chapter number 13. Romans chapter 13, we jump out of there. Romans in chapter number 13, as we leave our portion of Scripture, for this moment, I want you to notice something. Romans chapter 13, and one second here, we're going to read this verse. When we speak of the coming of our Lord. Now, I don't doubt that any of us, when we look around, 
Lord, we see all the corruption. We see all the problems. We see the political problems. We see the financial problems. We see the earthquakes. We see everything going around. And most of us as children of God, we can look and say, boy, there's a whole lot of fingers pointing towards the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can't we? I mean, things aren't getting better, dear friends. They're only progressing worse, correct? And we know that the Lord's coming back. So as we start in our study of the coming of our Lord, first of all, we have to understand the truth of his coming. I enjoy the book of Romans. In Romans chapter 3, we're going to go to 13. But in Romans chapter 3, verse number 4, it says, Let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, it doesn't matter if a man says, You know, I'm just not sure if the Lord's coming back. The Lord says, Who cares what you think? Respectfully, dear friend, it doesn't matter what your opinion is. The truth is, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back, right? We know this. What a beautiful truth. But I want you to see something else here. Romans chapter 13, verse number 11. The Bible says this, and that knowing the, next word, what does it say? Time. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Now that doesn't have to scare you for a while. I thought, what in the world does that mean? Well, it simply means that I was saved when I was 15 years old. And now, all these years later in 2018, the Lord, my salvation of getting to heaven to getting with the Lord forever, boy, that's a lot nearer now than it was way back then. You following me? So this isn't really a, 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 a hard passage to understand, but this is what the Lord says. Knowing that that time is coming a lot closer, listen, you and I need to wake out of our sleep. Our sleep, our sleep of apathy about the souls around us that are dying and going to hell. Our sleep of we don't care or nonchalant or whatever it may be, apathy, many times that you and I as children of God. So this is what the Lord says, knowing the time. Remember, you and I, we only have so much time. Remember what Psalm chapter 90 verse number 12 says? That we must learn to number our days. We only have so much time. So when we talk about the coming of the Lord, first of all, we understand the truth of his coming. But if you would, point to your wrist where you'd have a watch. Some of you are pointing saying, are you almost done here? No. Okay, point towards your, your hand. Seriously, guys, point towards your hand. You don't think that I'm stubborn, just ask my wife. Point towards your hand, all right? I'm going to get this through, okay? Point towards your hand. So listen, not only do we understand the truth of his coming, but listen, number two, we understand the time before his coming. The Bible says that at any moment, in fact, we can go through many passages of Scripture. Let me read just a few of them. In Matthew chapter number 24, the Bible teaches us, as in the days of Noah, so is the coming of our Lord. The days of Noah, when they were eating and drinking, giving into marriage, they were just living their own lives. The Bible teaches us in 2 Peter 3.10 and in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, the Bible says, as a thief in the night, when never expected, that's when the Lord is coming back. So we speak of the Lord's coming back. We understand, first of all, the truth of his coming. But not only do we understand the truth of his coming, number two, we understand the time before he comes back. My wife and I had the privilege to serve in Argentina while we were missionaries there many times that we would come home and there were multiple times without counting on of hands that people stole little things and here from there, from the church property or from our house or from wherever, maybe pickpocket us or whatever. We, we were robbed several different times, not in bad ways, but we were robbed several different times. Well, one specific time, I remember we come back from our uh, from church service. We had the routine. Every Sunday was kind of the same thing when we leave, when we come back. 
I remember it was a specific Sunday evening and we come back to our house and I remember I drove up to our house. Now in Latin America, people are very friendly. So it's normal for them to come up and talk to you and to greet you or to say hello or whatever. But I came back from my, from the church service. I pulled my, my truck up and I remember I stopped right there. Now the security there, we have big old gates and usually after those big old gates and we have the inside door, you walk in and you open your door. And so I remember I stopped the truck and I remember looking over and the neighbor was standing out there. He kind of waved to me. It was a little bit darker, and so it wasn't exactly normal, but hey, he's my neighbor, so he's standing there, Alberto, and he says, hey, Jeff. I said, hey, how you doing? So I pulled my truck up. I stopped, and I got out, and I said, hold on, sweetie, and I opened up the gate, and I pulled that big old gate open, and I got in my truck, and I noticed that the other neighbor from the other side, he walks out. He walks out, and he looks, and so I looked at both neighbors, and I thought, something's not good. They're, they're wanting to say more than hello, and so I remember I said, Okay, give me one second, gentlemen. So, man, I opened that gate. I pulled the truck in, got out of the truck, and I went back to close those gates. Before I did, I closed one of them. I left the other open. I said, how can I help you? They said, well, we need to talk to you. I could tell by the tone of their voice they were very serious. So I walked up to the truck, and I said, um, baby, why don't you go ahead and take the kids in, and I'm going to talk to the neighbors. My wife said, no, I want to see what they're going to say. And I said, well, sweetie, I want you to go ahead and take the kids in. I need to talk. It appears that it's something very important. My, my wife says, no, I'm going to stay right here. And so I looked at one of, give her one of those serious looks, you know, husbands, you look and say, sweetie, please go in the house. I need to stay out here. You know, you're, you're thinking, please don't make me give my man card right now in front of my neighbors. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, I looked at my wife. I said, dear, please go in the si inside. My wife gave me one of those looks. And she said, I'm not going inside. I'm staying right here. I said, sweetie, I love you. Would you please take the kids inside? So my wife gave me that look and I said, fine, sweetie, would you stay right here while I talk to the neighbors? And so I go over there and my wife, she usually, she said, yeah, I'll stay right here. How convenient of her, you know? So I walk over there and I said, Alberto, what's going on? And so he said, well, Jeff, you know, you have your routine. You usually leave. He said about 30 minutes after you left, he said, some guys were, they jumped your wall and they were in your, they were in your, your wall and inside. We don't think they got in your house, but my daughter was up in the top room that looks over towards your, uh, towards your area of the house. And my daughter was up there. And my daughter saw two guys and all of a sudden she started whistling in our neighborhood. The cops don't come normally when you call them. And so everybody knows it. So in our neighborhood, what they would do is everybody had a whistle. A thief would come in, everybody start whistling. The next guy and everybody start whistling. The thieves would get scared and they would take off running. And so she said, my, he said, my daughter started whistling and all of a sudden another neighbor did. And boy, those guys got spooked. And all they said, they said, Jeff, all we saw is they got this big old bag. They threw it over your fence. They got a bike and a couple other things. We don't know. We just wanted to let you know. So I said, well, I appreciate it very much. Now my heart's beating like a billion mile a minute, you know? And I said, okay. And so now I walk over to my wife and I said, um, sweetie, this what I know I heard. And I said, well, sweetie, let's go ahead and if you want to take the kids in now and you go ahead, my wife said, I'm staying right here. I thought, now you want to stay here, you know? I mean, okay. And so I said, um, okay. So I remember I walk over and I open the door and I, I mean, as I opened that door, it happened several times. We had an alarm system. And so several times at night, the alarm would go off and my wife would always say, honey, I heard something. I'm saying, you go check. I don't want to check. I'm scared of that. You know, man, I was always scared. And so I remember I walk in there and I open up the doors and I'm walking in and I'm, I'm singing, you know, like, Oh, Lord, they're about to kill me. Please, God, help me. You know, I'm, I'm making up some song. Jesus loves the little children. Man, I'm looking around the corners, you know. And Man, I was scared to death. I walked in the rooms, and I walk in. I look under the beds, and I look in the closets. I look everywhere, and I finally go through all the house. I walk back out, and 
I tell my wife, sweetie, everything's clear. Go ahead and come on in. My wife gets my little girls at time, and she comes in like a, you know, hen with the little chicklin. She comes in, you know, all the kids are like under her skirt walking in the house. And so she goes in, and at the time we had a couch that was sitting right next to the front door. I remember I sat on the couch, and man, I was just kind of, I was a little disturbed. We'd been robbed several times, but it's just like a, vi- a violation of privacy or something. You know, they came in, they did something. So I didn't know what they had taken. I didn't know where they were. And so I sit down there, and I was a little bit aggravated. I said, sweetie, go ahead. I checked the whole house. Go ahead and put the kids to sleep. So my wife takes the kids. After a few minutes, she says, um, honey, let's go ahead and go to bed. And I said, well, give me a few more minutes. And I was just sitting there on the couch. And my wife said, okay. And so she goes upstairs. She changes. She said, all right, honey, you're going to come up. I said, well, give me a few more minutes. So a little bit more time passed by. My wife looked down. She said, sweetie, are you coming or not? And I said, well, sweetie, give me a couple more minutes. And she finally said, what are you doing? And I was sitting there. And in my mind, I was thinking, Lord, would you please send these two men back? I want to greet them in your precious love. You know, I mean, I was ready. Kentucky, Louisville slug, man, I was going to beat the slop out of those fellas. I thought, come on, boys, I'm ready this time. Do you know I was so ready and those jokers never came back? Do you know, friends, what happens with thieves? Listen, they come when you never expect it. Now listen to this. The Lord says, hey, I will come again. And we say, praise the Lord. We got the truth of his coming. And this is what the Lord says. Hey, but don't you forget the time, it's at any moment. When you least expect it, as in the days of Moses, as in the days of Noah, as in the thief coming in the night, when nobody is ready, that is when I am coming back. You better be ready. Would you go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 5, just two books over. 2 Corinthians in chapter number 5 in your Bible. 2 Corinthians in chapter number 5. And the Apostle Paul says once again. Now, as you're making your way to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, remember the Apostle Paul said, hey, do you realize the time? The Lord is coming back. Your life is shortening. Man, we got to wake up. We got to get ready. The Lord is coming back. Let's listen. But look what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll jump all the way down if we could. The verse number 18, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 18. This is what the Bible says. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled or made new to himself by Jesus Christ. And he hath given to us the ministry, what does it say, of what? Reconciliation. He's given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, that reconciliation, just remember, in verse number 17, he said, hey, y'all, you're new creatures. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And we say, praise God. And he says, good. Now that you're a child of God, here's your responsibility. You're to go out there. You're to help people. You've been reconciled, made new. Now it's your job to get out there and to help others so they could be made new, so they could be born again as well. So listen to this, dear friend. When we talk about the coming of our Lord, first of all, we think of the truth of his coming. It doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter what your opinion is. Well, he might come in the middle. He might come at the end. He might. It doesn't matter what you think. The Lord says he is coming back. We have the truth. At the time before he comes back, at any moment, dear brother, as in a twinkling of an eye, the Lord will be here. Make sure that you and I are ready. The Lord is coming back as a thief in the night, as in the days of Noah. We know the time. But listen, here's the last one. The task. Would you raise your hand, please? That task. You imagine you put on a glove and you get to go to work. Lord says, you have a task, a responsibility, a job to do, a task to fulfill before the Lord comes back. Listen, dear friends, this is for the church. 
This is for the child of God. He says, you know what? I will come again. We say, praise God. What words of encouragement. The Lord's going to take me out here. What a beautiful thing. I'll forever be with my Lord. What wonderful news. The truth of his coming. The time before he comes. Oh, wow. It's right around the corner. It's at any moment. I better be ready. And the Lord says, hold on, hold on. You know the truth. You know the time. But here's your task. Here's your responsibility. Here's your job to do before the Lord comes back. And he's told us the Great Commission to take the gospel all around the world so that everybody can hear. He's told us we have been reconciled. Now we are to go and reconcile others. Tell them about Jesus Christ. It's our responsibility. Remember in Matthew chapter 16, he said that he is the Christ. He is the founder. We know that. And then he looks at us and he says to Peter, he says, hey, y'all have the keys to the kingdom of God. What does that even mean? The keys to the kingdom? Listen, dear friends, you and I have the truth that the lost world knows, almost like a key that fits in the perfect spot that no other key fits in. They try to fulfill it with all the the, the alcohol and the friends and the parties and everything they have, but you and I have the keys. We don't have the power, but God's given us exactly what we need so we can go unlock those doors and take them from the prison of the devil so that they can be eternally saved in the hands of our God. You and I have a responsibility to do before our Lord comes back. Would you take the Bible and go to the book of Revelation, the very last book in your Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter number 22. The last book in the Bible, the very last chapter in the book of the Bible. The Bible says this in Revelation chapter number 22. As we make our way towards the very end of our Bible, Revelation in chapter number 22. Now I remind you, we're speaking of the coming of our Lord. We saw this morning the prayer of our Savior where he's down upon his knees and he's praying for you and for me. But now I speak to you about the coming of our Savior, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, that hope that he's given us as the book of Titus chapter 2 says, that blessed hope that you and I have. What a wonderful thing to know that he's coming back. When he begins to speak about it, he says, hold on. First of all, you have the truth that he's coming. The truth, it's written right there in the word. Doesn't matter what everybody else says. We know the truth. The time, he says it's at any moment. Now listen. It's at any moment. Yes, it is. But the Lord says you have a task before his coming. You have a responsibility. You see, many times as Christians, we think that our life is all about us and everything revolves around us. And you and I, all we do is we collect and we just have a good old time. We enjoy our family. We enjoy our life. Praise God that God's good to us and wonderful to us. Listen, dear friends, but we must not forget that God has left us here for a reason. The world must hear about Jesus Christ. But how are they going to hear? God could scream down from heaven if he wanted. He can write upon a wall. He can talk to us however he wanted. But God chooses to use you and me as his ambassadors, as the soul of the world, as the light of the world, as his witnesses, as his instruments. It's our responsibility. Listen, the people around the world in Argentina, Mozambique, listen, they will never hear unless you and I as children of God, get serious about our task. Can I tell you people all around here, Bonita Springs, they will never hear about the gospel unless you and I open our mouths and share the gospel. They will never. What a beautiful thing that y'all said about passing out tracts. Good for you, dear brother, and keep it up. God bless your efforts. Listen, people will never know about the church. They will never know about the Savior of the church unless you and I do our responsibility. So we have a task. 
a task to fulfill, a task to do before our Lord comes back. He's coming back at any moment, but we must be busy. Revelation chapter 22, the canon of Scripture is about to close. 90 years, 90 AD, now the Lord is gone, and now all these 66 books are about to be closed up. It's about the last words to be written by the beloved Apostle John, and here's what he says. The book of Revelation chapter number 22, verse number 7, Behold, look what it says here, Behold, I come, would you say the last word with me? What does it say? I come what? Quickly. Jump all the way down if you would. Verse number 12, the Bible says this, and behold, I come, what does it say? Quickly. My reward is with me to give a man according as his work shall be. Verse number 17, the spirit, the bride saith, come. Let he that heareth say, come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely jump all the way down to verse number 20. Now, I remind you, this is the last book of the Bible. These are the last words that are inspired by God. These are the last things that we have written down. The canon is about to be closed. There's no more that can be added. There's no more that can be taken from, added to. And now the next to the last words, verse, is now going to speak to us. Look what it says here. He which testifieth these things saith, surely I come, what does it say? Quickly. Amen. Even so, what does it say? Come, Lord Jesus. The Bible says the coming of our Lord. Now you say, what does that have to do with anything? What does that have to do with missions? We're in missions conference. It has everything to do with missions. You see, when you and I realize that the truth of his coming, wow, the Lord is. Listen, there have been times in my life when I've been ready as a young person to say, wow, Lord, I'll sell all I have. I'll follow you, God. What do you want to do with my life? I'll go anywhere, God. I'll do anything, God, whatever you want. And then there's other times that, boy, it's just like life gets to us. We're busy. Things are happening. Boy, we just don't have time to think about it. Is the Lord come back? Oh, yeah, we know it, but we really don't think about it. We don't live like we know it. The Lord says, the coming of our Lord, there's a truth about it. The coming of the Lord, there's a time. It's at any moment. In the twinkling of an eye, he can come back as a thief in the night, as in the days of no. We know he's coming back. It's soon. It's at hand. We know the coming of the Lord. But this is what he says. You have a task, a responsibility. At any moment, I can come. I want you to fulfill your responsibility. Go out there. You've been saved, not so that you can put it in your pocket and hide it and keep it yourself and say, got my free pass to heaven. Now I'm going. The Lord said, no, I've saved you. Now go out and share that with other people. Share it locally here in your area. Share it globally by getting, helping and praying for these missionaries so they can get over there. But it's our job. They say that on December 7th of 1941 that there were men that were standing on a radar. They were watching as they manned this radar. And you know the story. Some of you gentlemen know it real well and, and, and just the knowledge of it and have heard of it and read about it and maybe even new people in it or a great uncle or whatever it may be. On December 7, 1941, these two men were manning a radar system. They were in Pearl Harbor, and as they were manning that, that was their only responsibility. They had been now in attacks, and they knew that they were watching for the enemy, and it was their job to stand there, these two men. That's the only job they had. They were supposed to warn everybody. They were supposed to help everybody. And all of a sudden, on their radar system, two little bleeps came. They looked at those little bleeps, and they looked at each other, and they said, it's probably our carrier ships. We don't know what it is. It's probably our carrier ships. Don't you worry about it. Within a matter of minutes, Japanese planes came from everywhere. They bombed Pearl Harbor, and many people lost their lives. Listen to this. Only because two people neglected their responsibility. This is what the Lord says. He says, you know what? 
I'm coming back. Here's the truth. Oh, yeah, we know he's coming back. Here's the time. Oh, we realize it. We can see all the signs of the time. The Lord's coming back. He says, good. Well, here's your responsibility before I come back. I want you to get out there, and I want you to tell your neighbors and your friends and your coworkers. We say, well, it would be better if somebody knew all the Bible verses. Let's get pastor. Let's get somebody else. And the Lord said, I've given you influence with your neighbors and your friends that nobody else has, and it's your responsibility to tell them about Jesus Christ. Don't neglect your responsibility. You see, God, he's God of missions. The Bible is a book of missions. Oh, the message is a message of, of missions, and the church is an institution of missions. God only had one son, and he made him a missionary. You see, this whole idea about missions is not because pastor was bored and said, well, what are we going to do this month? I got an idea. Let's throw us a missions conference in there. That's what we can do. The idea of missions is that you and I come back to the drawing table and say, all right, guys, what are we going to do this year to not only get the gospel around, around our area, but what are we going to do to get the gospel all around the world? My wife and I, since we've been back, in the United States every year, our missions, our church has a missions conference. When we were in Argentina, we started our churches with missions conferences. And God bless them, and they started multiplying. And boy, they're supporting missionaries all over. But you know what? My wife and I, every year, it comes to it. We look at each other and say, well, it's our responsibility. My three older daughters want to be missionaries, and I say praise God to that. And I pray that the Lord will use them. Listen, but it's my responsibility. It's our churches, yes, but it's my responsibility. It's my task before my Lord comes back. I want to do everything within my power to get the gospel out. Right before we walked out of Argentina, I remember my wife and I, we flew back to Argentina. We got a hold of uh, the, the pastors, and I said, I'm going to stay about a week and a half. My original thought was God had spoken to our hearts. It was 2012, and we were back on a furlough, and God had spoken to our hearts, and he had moved us from, from the mission field to begin working as the director of the mission board. And I said, all right, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I told my wife, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to make it. I might be selling pizzas at the end of this, but this is what we're going to do. So we switched, and we felt like God was leading us. And Well, we had to go back to Argentina and tell our, our pastors God had been good to us, and we had a Bible college, so all the all the Bible college graduates were now pastors, or at least five of them were now pastors in churches. So we went back there, and I remember talking to them, and we, they had this big old meeting. I went and preached to some of the churches. They had this big old meeting. Well, all the churches got together, at least several of the churches got together. They were under one roof, and I looked at some of the pastors, and I said, this is not a funeral. I don't want anything silly. Don't say anything. Please, I'm going to come back and visit because I don't like sad times. And so I remember looking at him and said, okay, okay. And so we come to the very end of the service. We had some people crying, and we said, well, you know, God's giving you your pastors. You're, they're already doing well, and they were preaching on the radio and teaching the Bible college. They were preaching at church. They were doing a great job. And so I said, God's already got this in plan, so we're going to head out. We finished the service and started walking out. One of the pastors looked at me and said, Pastor, Benny, come here. And I said, okay. And I almost, it almost like I reverted back to my childhood when the principal was saying, Bush, in my office. Man, I got nervous. I started sweating. I was like, oh, Lord, what did he catch me for this time, you know? So I remember he said, come here. And I said, okay. A couple of the other pastors come from the side and they start walking and going into my office, which was before it used to be my office. He said, we want you to come here. And I thought, look here, punk. This used to be my office. You don't call me to my own office. And so I remember walking in there and one of the pastors looked and he said, go ahead and take a seat. Man, I was nervous. I thought, what did I do? And so I remember sitting down and the other pastors, and he looked at the other pastors and he looked at me and said, we have something to say to you. Man, I was getting so nervous. I thought, what in the world are they going to say now? He said, we have something to say to you. I said, okay. They said, well, we want you to know that 
you came here to share the gospel. Many people were saved and God did a work and these churches were started. And he said, now we want to help you so that you can go back. You're going to be our missionary to the United States to go to recruit more missionaries. I said, well, gentlemen, I, I certainly appreciate that. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't think I can accept that. I mean, I want you guys to support other missionaries here and I want you to do that. And one of the pastors looked, he said, we're not asking you. We've already voted. I thought, you little sucker, aren't you the big man on campus, you know? I mean, what you think you are, you know? And you know what? For years, we lost support. And for years, those churches in Argentina supported us to continue the work of the Lord. Listen, they got a hold of something. The gospel is not for you and I just to throw in a trunk or throw in a drawer and say, let's hide it. They said, it's our responsibility as children of God to get the gospel all around the world. See, God's given you a responsibility. It's about time we take it serious. The Lord's coming back. We know the truth. We know the time. So now let's get busy with our task. Can we pray, Father? If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.